1: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1234, how we plan to change our equity allocation in retirement by Wanderer with millennial-revolution.com. And I'm Dan, I'm your host, and welcome to Optimal Finance Daily. I'm here every single day reading to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And before we get into it, I wanna let you know or remind you, if you've been with us before, that we have four different podcasts where we do this same format. We cover personal development and minimalism, as well as health, relationships, and advice on the other four shows. To subscribe, just search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this, and you should find all four of those podcasts. But for now, let's get right to today's finance post as we optimize your life. How we plan to change our equity allocation in retirement by Wanderer with millennial-revolution.com. So the other day, I found myself on GoCurryCracker.com catching up on some of his content, and I read through a post called The 2018 GCC Asset Allocation. In it, Jeremy talks about his asset allocation in retirement and why he decided to get a bit more conservative and increase his bond allocation to about 10%, leaving equity allocation at 90%. Now, to the average reader, this doesn't sound conservative at all, but the last time I met up with him in Chiang Mai, I was surprised to learn that his equity allocation at the time was 100%. I almost spit out my Thai tea. Dude, are you nuts? Aren't you worried about sequence of return risk? Don't you keep a cash cushion? What about your yield shield? His response? Meh. Among the FI bloggers I've met in real life, Jeremy is easily the most optimistic person I know. He's the type of person who would fly into a city where he's never been to without any idea where he was going to sleep that night and just, quote unquote, figure it out. As an obsessive planner, that would make me go nuts. In fact, the last time we met, he told me a story of how he almost drowned trying to learn how to surf. He had fallen off his surfboard and gotten sucked down by a current. He remembered trying to claw his way up to the surface and thinking, boy, if I don't surface in the next 10 seconds, I'm going to run out of air. But then he did surface and made it back to shore. His lesson learned, we let's do it again. The funny thing is his wife, Winnie, is the exact opposite of him. When they met, her and Firecracker immediately started bonding over how to haggle with vendors in Thailand. Winnie had apparently spent an hour haggling to get 25 baht off for a pair of jeans. Jeremy's reaction was, who cares? That's less than a dollar. Winnie's reaction was to say, yes, but with this 25 baht, I can get an ice cream. This immediately endeared her to Firecracker as that's exactly how she thinks. Naturally, when Jeremy tried to get her to learn how to surf with him, her reply was, no thanks, I'll be here on the shore not dying. So when he explained his shift in allocation thusly, I had to laugh. Quote, I'm a firm believer in the 100% equity portfolio. Statistics are a beautiful thing. You might phrase my thinking as, we've won the game, so let it ride. Woohoo! The missus has a different point of view, more along the, we've already won the game, let's stop playing persuasion and persuade she did, end quote. That's so winny. But that article made me think of what we plan to do with our equity allocation over time. We're 60-40, a pretty conservative ratio relative to Cowboy Jeremy over there. During our accumulation phase, when we were still working, the usual financial literature would suggest that we should have taken a pretty aggressive investing stance, maybe starting off with 100% equity. Instead, we started at 60-40. At the time, we were intending to increase our equity allocation as we got more comfortable with investing, but as luck would have it, the 2008 crash hit, and we struggled to just stay at break-even. Fortunately, our 60-40 allocation got us back to even in just a year, and as a result, we were relatively gun-shy and didn't increase our equity allocation, staying at 60-40 for most of our accumulation phase. Then we retired. After we retired, we found the 60-40 allocation pretty useful, so we kept it. By shifting our fixed income allocation towards higher-yielding assets like preferred shares, REITs, and high-yield bonds, we built our yield shield and comfortably weathered the storm of the Saudi oil crash that happened just as we retired. However, after we managed to stave off that disaster by not selling into a market storm and instead eating into our cash cushion, a strange thing happened. The market went up, and up, and up. When we retired in 2015, we had $1 million. Now, two and a half years later, despite not working, our net worth has grown to 1.25 million. This has caused us to reevaluate our yield shield. Right now, our yield is sitting at around 3%. When we had a million dollars, that meant 30K a year. But now that we have 1.25 million, 3% is 37,500. Our cash cushion was 50K. We spent 40K and were yielding 30K, which left 10K. So that 50K cash cushion was covering us for five years. But now that our yield was 37,500, it was covering us for 20 years. So clearly we were being too conservative and leaving gains on the table. So as our portfolio went up, the equity portion also went up due to market gains. As our portfolio grew, our yield shield grew as well. And when that yield shield started approaching my living expenses, I started thinking, hmm, maybe I should start allocating more towards equity. After all, Equity is future gains versus current income. But if my current income is already enough to pay for my living expenses, it makes no sense to give up future gains if I don't need any more current income. So, my plan in retirement is to gradually increase my equity allocation. This will have the effect of reducing my yield shield, but as long as that yield shield continues to match my living expenses, I see no reason to give up future gains for current yield if I don't need it. That being said, 100% equity seems a not nutso to me. Modern portfolio theory assumes that you own at least two assets so that you can rebalance between them as markets go up or down. But with 100% equities, you lose that ability to rebalance. So even if markets just keep going higher and higher, I don't think I ever want to go over 80% equities. Now, hopefully this is where the majority of our retired life ends up. Rising equity markets increase our portfolio size to the point that 3% or even 2% dividend yields is more than enough to support our living expenses. I will sacrifice excess yield to get future capital gains in a heartbeat. Plus, equities are an excellent hedge against inflation while fixed income is not. So it makes sense to pivot over time towards equities if you're still young and have lots of years of retirement left ahead of you. At a certain point though, I do plan on going into bonds specifically when I reach the traditional retirement age of 65, it's pretty far in the future, 30 years in fact, but when I become old and gray, it might make sense to trim my equity exposure. After all, my exposure to inflation is naturally limited by my remaining years, and at that point, I plan on gradually shifting to fixed income. Over time, I plan on gradually reducing my equity exposure as I get older until I hit a floor of 2080. So that's my multi-decade retirement plan for our portfolio. You just listened to the post titled How We Plan to Change Our Equity Allocation in Retirement by Wanderer with millennial-revolution.com.
0: Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear, upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable M-O-N-E-Y dot slash O-F-D for your extended 30-day free trial.
1: And today's article was by a guest writer going by the name of Wanderer over at Millennial Revolution. Wanderer retired from his engineering job at a major Silicon Valley semiconductor company at the age of 33, and he now travels the world seeking out knowledge from other wealthy people so that he can teach people how to become financially independent themselves. So I want to thank Wanderer and the team at Millennial Dash Revolution for letting us share their content. And that is going to do it for the Sunday show. Hope you've had a great weekend and I'll be back with you tomorrow for the Monday show where your optimal life awaits.